Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Rhea Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Rhea Corbett. I'm a science teacher with Biology Specialism and on Teach Me Biology I am teaching my co-host and producer and little sister... Sarah Julie Mary Matthews. <laughs> Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Mary's my confirmation name. I thought I'd add that in. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey, dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. We are indeed. Episode 48, Structure and Function of a Heart. Do you want me to ask me some questions like if I know anything about the heart? Oh, in a minute, yeah, I will do. That okay. will be by I'll my first question. I'll think some responses. So, the general pattern of blood circulation in a mammal, we will look at. We will look at the gross structure of the human heart, pressure and volume changes and associated valve movements during the cardiac cycle that maintain a unidirectional flow of blood. That is what we are going to be discussing today. So, what do you know about circulation or the heart? Tell it to my heart. Tell it to my heart. It's been the whole time singing songs that have got the word heart in. <laughs> so anyway, what else do you know about the heart? My heart will go on and on. Uh, what do you know about the heart? The heart is an organ in the body. If you make a fist, that is usually what the size of your heart is. You can be a Dr. Christina Yang. She does hearts <laughs> and lungs. They are hearts and lungs are like a connected thing. They're like, you be do hearts and lungs. <laughs> the heart, yeah, that pumps blood around your body. And it usually beats about 100,000 times a day. It is very strong and works on its own. Thank you. <laughs> Normally you're like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's very good, facts. Mm-hmm. Well done. I learned something there. Brilliant. Two hearts. <laughs> Two hearts. Living in just one mind. Oh, and there is a band called Heart. Is there? Yeah. And a radio station. And a radio station. Yes. I like to listen to Heart Dance. Do you remember that time that you played the song and then were surprised that I knew it? Yeah, you were like, oh, it's in quite a far. <laughs> but I'm like thinking, yeah, I'm 10 years older, so I know it because I was around when it came out. Yeah. And you were like, just discovered it. And I'm like, this is so old. <laughs> right, so let's do some biology. Um, mammals have what we call a closed double circulatory system. That is how we refer to it. So when we talk about closed, what do you think that means? Uh, closed? I've got no idea. So, because the blood is confined to blood vessels. Well, that's like us. Exactly. Oh, we have I thought you were talking about like other animals that weren't us. All the blood is inside vessels, and it's, if it's outside the vessels, there's an issue, isn't there? So everything's closed, and then double circulatory system, meaning that in order for the blood to do one circuit, it has to go through the heart twice. So it comes back from the body, and it goes to the heart, it's pumped to the lungs to pick up oxygen. And then it goes back to the heart pump it up, da, 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 to then go back to the body. 
This is going to be a music heavy. <laughs> yes. Love that song. So mm-hmm. from the body to the heart, to the lung, back to the heart, to the body. Mm-hmm. That is the cycle yeah. of blood. So let's look at the resources. The first diagram, the biggest diagram, the one that's obviously not a picture of the heart. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all these diagrams are on teachmescience.co.uk. The blue blood has got no oxygen. No oxygen in it. And the red blood has got full of oxygenated blood. Okay, so you can see how it's leaving the tissues on the right hand side. The only one you have to know, you have to know all the vessels are in the heart, in and out of the heart, and then also the lungs, on to and from the lungs and I can't remember which one it is, liver or kidneys, but anything to do with the liver is hepatic and anything to do with the kidneys is renal. So coming out of the organs, tissues, that sort of thing, you've got all the veins. They've used up all the oxygen that was given to them. They've produced lots of carbon dioxide and waste products. And then it's got to go back to the heart on the right-hand side to be pumped to the lungs to drop off the carbon dioxide, pick up oxygen, and then it goes back to the heart on the left-hand side and then it goes off to the rest of the body. So all the arteries, taking it back to the liver, kidneys, all the different tissues, and then obviously brain and everything at the, at the top as well. It has to go through the heart twice on one cycle. So arteries out of the heart. So arteries take blood out of the heart, away from the heart to yep. the body. So you've got your hepatic artery, you've got your renal arteries, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And then at the other end of that, they come back together... They're going to go off as capillaries in the tissues, as smaller vessels that go off up and around the tissues. And then they come back together at the other end as veins. So veins go to the heart with the oxygenated blood. So let's just have a little look at the external structures. You can't see an awful lot because it's external, but there's lots and lots of coronary arteries in the actual cardiac muscle itself, the heart muscle. They are the arteries that receive blood and take blood and oxygen to the actual heart muscle itself so it can continue to contract all the time. If somebody is having a heart attack or a myocardial infarction, then that would mean that one of their coronary arteries was blocked in some way. So as some part of their heart muscle wasn't getting oxygen to respire, so that part of the heart dies, and that's heart disease. So you can see some vessels coming out. You, you can't see, but you kind of know that the bottom is going to be the ventricles, the top is going to be the atria, and there's various vessels coming out of those things. So mm. it's the internal yes. structure that when we really want school, to look at. When I was at school, there was this rumour going around, and it was always going around. It's not really a rumour, it's just this lie that because your veins are blue, blood is in your body that it's blue. When it touches the air as you get a cut, that blood turns red. It's such rubbish. Yeah, it's absolute rubbish. Yeah. yeah. Blood that doesn't have oxygen in it just isn't as bright red. It's brighter with oxygen in. Yeah. But that's all. Right, so it's the internal one we're going to look at. I talk you through the different structures, talk you through the root in and out of the heart. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. And talk about the valves as well. The heart is split into four chambers. The top two are atria or atrium single. And the bottom two are ventricles, mm-hmm. okay? And this one here, the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever. The atria and the ventricle are divided or uh, separated by these valves here. They're called atrioventricular valves or AV valves. And then you've also got, between the ventricles and the arteries, another set of valves called semilunar valves. 
we'll talk about the function of those as we talk through how the heart works. To just talk through one sequence of blood flowing through the heart, which is called the cardiac cycle. So it's the sequence of contractions and relaxations of the different chambers that allows blood to flow. We'll talk through that now. When blood comes back from the body, it's deoxygenated and it enters the heart on the right hand side. This is the right side, that is the left side, but it's not actually you looking at it, your right or your left side. Imagine that is the heart of somebody that is facing you, looking at you. It's their right and their left. So always, always the opposite of you. So it enters the right atria through what we call the vena cava. Inferior, coming from the bottom part of the body or half of the body. Superior, coming from the head uh, and brain and that sort of thing. And the blood enters the atria and the atria starts to fill up. It will move down through the atrioventricular valve into the right ventricle. And the right ventricle will push the blood up through the pulmonary artery. So artery leaving the heart, pulmonary going to the lungs. It's Off it goes to the lungs. It's going to come back to the heart once it's oxygenated on the left-hand side through the pulmonary vein from the lungs vein into the heart okay it's going to go into the left atrium it's going to go down into the left ventricle and then it's going to get pushed up through the aorta which is this big one it's got some vessels coming off it because obviously the aorta is going to split off into all your major arteries going all over your body so the aorta is the first artery to receive that blood and it takes it off to the rest of the body with the oxygen in for it to receive the oxygen all the tissues now, that doesn't happen like one side, then the other, then the other. It happens both at the same time. Simultaneously. Yeah. So both ventricles will fill at the same time and contract at the same time and push blood. But mm. obviously they're both sides of the heart separating by the septum. So the big bit of thick muscle in the middle is called a septum and that just separates them and ensures that the blood bit doesn't of, mix. Uh, social distancing. Yeah. Both sides of the heart... Both fill with blood at the same time, but it's different types of blood. One's oxygenated, one's not. And they're both coming from different places, mm -hmm. going off to different places. Mm -hmm. So both the atria are filled with blood. So that's coming from the vena cava, from the body. What will happen then is once the atria is full, it will get a signal to start to contract. So what that means is the, the heart muscle squeezes together and forces the blood down. When the contraction happens, it causes a high pressure. When the pressure is higher in the atria than it is in the ventricle, it causes these valves to open, the atrioventricular valves to open. So the pressure has to be higher behind the valves to open them. So both atria on both sides of the heart will contract at the same time, increasing the pressure, higher than the pressure in the ventricle, so the AV valves will open and the blood will move down into the ventricle. The atria will relax the ventricles are full, so then they start to contract. When the ventricles contract, they contract from the bottom up. Both sides of the ventricle are being pushed together, like the muscle walls are being pushed together to force up the, the blood. When it contracts, the pressure builds up, so you'll have a higher pressure. So the pressure in the ventricle will be higher than in the atria, so the AV valves shut. Because if they don't, the blood from the ventricle will go back up into the atria, and that is exactly what we don't want to happen. And it's what happens when you've got leaky valves. The blood starts to flow the wrong way and mm. you don't get as much oxygen to where you need to be and things like that. But what does open is the semilunar valves. 
so the pressure is higher in the ventricle than it is in the atria, so they shut, but the semilunar valves will open because the pressure in the ventricle is higher than in the arteries. So the blood will start to flow up into the arteries, and then when the arteries are full and the ventricles start to relax, the pressure goes away, but the pressure is higher then in the arteries, so the semilunar valves will close behind the blood so it doesn't fall back down into the ventricle. So it's very much about volumes and pressure that allows the valves to open and close, that allows the heart to function properly, and the muscle contractions as well. Now what you'll notice from this diagram, and any diagram of any heart, is the left side of the heart has thicker and more muscular walls than the right side of the heart, because the right side, blood's only going to the lungs, which is a short distance. The blood from the left side has to go all the way around the body and back to the heart again. So the thicker, more muscular walls create a stronger contraction to move the blood further. To really push that blood <coughs> with a lot more force. Yeah, I love the heart, and I think that's kind of it in terms of knowledge. It's just discussing it and sort of making sure I've covered everything and we're all happy. And obviously, the the muscle walls in the atria are much much thinner than the ventricles because they've only got to let the blood fall down gravity takes hold of it mostly yeah. anyway and pushes it down into the she's got to make sure as much of it goes as possible while those valves are open when you hear your heartbeat you hear like a lub dub lub dub lub dub yeah. it's the valves opening and closing oh, okay. yeah yeah our next episode will be the blood vessels so we'll talk in more detail about the structure of arteries veins and capillaries and their functions and sort of things in, in the body okay. but as we've talked about Already you're getting the idea that veins to the heart, arteries away from the heart, veins deoxygenated, arteries mainly full of oxygenated. Mm -hmm. There's only two exceptions, and that is the pulmonary vein and the pulmonary artery. Now, there's a lot of, and with the exam questions as well, it's so heavily data-based. So you'd be looking at a lot of graphs and tables, pressure information, and you'd be asked right now, looking at these pressures... When does the valve open? When does this valve close? And you'd be looking at the differences in the pressure. So when the pressure in the ventricle goes higher than the artery, then you'd know that the AV valves were shut. You know, that sort of thing. Obviously, that would have to be a video to talk through all that. Oh, okay. I pretty much... When it comes to teaching the heart, you do data in the lessons, but when you know you do after-school revision and all that, it tends to be heavily maths-based so that everybody has a chance to really explore all the possible types of questions you can get on graphs and tables and all that sort of stuff and calculations. So we'll have to do a separate video for that. Okay. Yes. Shall we do some questions? Mm-hmm. Yep. Question one, one mark. The human heart has four chambers. In which one of the four chambers of the human heart does the pressure reach its highest value? Uh, the left. Left what? Ventricle. Yes, well done. Excellent. Straight <laughs> away. Got it. Right, question two. Explain how the structure of this chamber causes this high pressure. One mark. Is it to do with the left side being more muscular? More muscular. Walls are thicker, yeah. Walls are thicker. More muscular walls, more thicker walls. Exactly, well done. Explain in terms of pressure. This is another one marker. Under pressure. Explain in terms of pressure why the semi-lunar valves open. They open when the pressure is highest in the that one in the ventricle. The left. It, 
Remember, and then it goes up. Do you remember, both the ventricles fill and contract at the same time. So it doesn't matter which one. Okay. It just is oh, a okay. ventricle. Yeah. Pressure is greater in the ventricle than in the artery. And then the last question is, explain how the heart muscle and the heart valves maintain a one-way flow of blood from the left atrium to the aorta. It goes to the left ventricle. Yeah. So you need to talk the about... The valve opens. So, okay, so the AV valve opens. Why? Because the pressure in the atrium is, is greater than the pressure in the ventricle. Good girl. And it goes that's, down. And that's only one mark, what you've said so far. Okay, yeah. it goes into the left ventricle. Yep. And then the pressure in the left ventricle is higher than the pressure in the atrium. In the atrium. And then the so valves which open to go to the arteries. Yeah, you're so good at this. So the ventricle pressure becomes higher than the atrium. So the what valves shut? AV. The AV ones shut. Yeah. But it's also higher than the artery or the aorta. So the semilunar. Yeah, then one semilunar open. Ones. Is that okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then why did the semilunars then close? Is it because of the pressure... The in the left ventricle goes down. Goes down, so it's higher in the. Remember, it's where's it gone into? Where's the blood gone? It's gone in the artery. In the artery, so the pressure is higher in the artery, artery. than so in the. In the left ventricle. Ventricles. So, or the ventricle. Yeah. So the semilunar <laughs> valves. Okay. Close. Okay, got it. And then just the idea throughout what you're saying, that it's the contraction of the muscle that increases the pressure in each chamber. But the fact that you're not just describing the route through, you're describing why it moves. And it's because of the pressure differences, opening and closing valves. And that's the key to the heart's content, really, to anything to do with the heart, pressure. We the circulatory system carries blood, which contains nutrients needed by the organism, as well as waste products that need to be removed. Mammals have a closed circulatory system, which means the blood is always contained in blood vessels. Mammals also have a double circulatory system, which means the blood must pass through the heart twice on one complete circuit. Deoxidated blood arrives at the right-hand side of the heart from the body tissues and is pumped to the lungs and the now oxygenated blood is taken back to the heart to be pumped to the body. The heart is divided into four chambers. The top chambers are atria and the bottom two are ventricles. The sides of the heart are separated by a muscular wall called the septum which ensures blood doesn't mix between the left and right sides of the heart. The atria and the ventricles are separated by the atrioventricular or AV valves and the ventricles and arteries are separated by the semilunar valves. Valves ensure that there is no backflow of blood. Deoxygenated blood arrives at the heart on the right-hand side from the body tissues in the vena cava and the oxygenated blood arrives to the left atria in the pulmonary vein from the lungs. Both atria fill and start to contract. This increases the pressure higher in the atria than in the ventricle so the AV valves will open and the blood passes to the ventricles. When the ventricles begin to contract, this increases the pressure in the ventricle higher than in the atria, so the AV valves will close, and it's also higher than in the arteries, so the semilunar valves will open, allowing blood to flow into them. The deoxygenated blood from the right ventricle flows into the pulmonary artery to be taken to the lungs 
and the oxygenated blood from the left ventricle flows into the aorta to be pumped to the rest of the body. When the arteries are full and the ventricles are relaxed, the pressure in the arteries is higher than the ventricles, so the semilunar valves will close. The muscular walls of the atria are thinner than those of the ventricles, as they do not need to generate so much pressure to force the blood down into the ventricles. Ventricles have thicker, more muscular walls to create a bigger contraction and a higher pressure to push the blood out of the heart. The muscles of the left ventricle is much thicker than that of the right ventricle, as the blood from the left side has to reach the rest of the body, whereas the blood from the right only needs to reach the lungs. So the thicker walls create a bigger contraction and a higher pressure to force the blood the longer distance. The end. Got any takeaways? My takeaways are there is atrium and, and ventricles and uh, the blood goes round into the heart body twice, into the heart twice on its journey round mm-hmm. and it goes in deoxygenated one side and is oxygenated on the other side and the heart is more strong on the left side because it's more pressure to get the blood around the rest of the body. On the other side, it's only going to the lungs. Well done. Fantastic takeaways. You're really good at this. <laughs> In fact, you had lots of good facts anyway, yourself. Right, uh, it's June. My it's birthday's June. in June. It is. On the 20th. So, new month, new wider reading. And I am going to recommend this month of June a podcast called Bio Eats World. It is a discussion of how biology is breaking out of the lab and into our daily lives. That's how they describe themselves. Just how biology is revolutionising the world. It's quite heavy, it's a bit talky, it's wordy, but it's still the right level for an A-level biology student, mm-hmm. particularly one that's been studying biology for a year now. There's loads and loads of context for A-level biology, and they do two episodes a week. So one is subject-based, so they'll pick a particular subject area. The first two are like ones on cancer treatments, which is obviously relevant to the mitosis section and the cancer treatments. One is on ageing as well, which is really fascinating because it mm-hmm. does draw from lots of areas of biology. And then the other episode that they do each week is a journal club. So it takes a research article that has been released and it discusses with the author of it, the researchers behind it, and they discuss the impact of it or or anything. So it's, it's biology research, current and new as well, which is some of the best wider reading that you can think of, really. And somebody discussing it and explaining it to you, and you're not having to just read it. It only started last October, so it's a relatively new podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's a good one, really good. So we're recommending that for June. Yes. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to teachmescience.co.uk. On that fabulous website, you can find our resources and you can also find all our past wider reading and any information you need. There's also a Google Drive and it's got loads and loads of stuff in it. You can drop us an email and that is teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. You can drop us a tweet at, at teachmebiocast. I don't keep up with the Twitter. I don't have Twitter. I don't know a lot about the Twitter world probably where we're most active in the sense that we've got lots of followers yeah more followers more followers on twitter than on instagram mm. and probably retweet lots of things from yeah good information and stuff so and on instagram we are at teach me biology cast
So get in touch if you have any wider reading recommendations because it's hard to keep current with it all and we've covered quite a few and I know there are lots of books I could recommend but it's nice to come up with other things as well. So if you've got any great recommendations that you've got from your teachers or just generally then let us know. If you've got any great revision you want to share, any memes, jokes, puns, puns, nice feedback, want to chat with us, want to tell us who you are, why you're listening. And you'll tell us you. your favourite song While you're using about us. with the word heart in it. Unbreak my heart. Say you love me again. Was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Yeah. I've got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> yeah, you have. I've got a lot of songs to listen to with the word heart in <laughs> to make this the best it can be. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to this one. Okay. I've been Sarah Julie Mary Sazamatz Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. What? You haven't got Mary Corbett. Rhea Mary Corbett. And this has been Teach Me Biology. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.